It's time for Tiger Talk on Double K Country. It's our weekly discussion of Nevada Tiger Athletics. Tiger Talk is brought to you by Buzz's Barbecue, Nevada Auto Mall, Emory's Truck Stop, Perry Funeral Home, 54 Feet and Seed, Sutherland's Home Base, First National Bank, Elroy's Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, 54 Veterinary Clinic, Compass Health Network, Sharky's Pub and Grub, Nevada Family Dentistry, Dwarf's Appliances, The Plumbing Shop, MyNevadaMode.com, and Smith Insurance Agency. Let's now join the voice of Nevada Tigers, Mike Harvick, for Tiger Talk. And a very pleasant good evening, everybody. Welcome to Tiger Talk tonight here on uh, Double K Country. I'm Mike Harvick as we kick off our first Tiger Talk program of the 2021-2022 academic year. And, of course, the first uh, program for the fall sports season each week. I'll be visiting with Nevada Tiger football coach Wes Beachler as we uh, go through the entire season. And then we'll have a second guest as well on most programs. And that does include tonight. Uh, well, tonight we'll be visiting as well with new Nevada High School and Middle School Athletic Director David Hawks, who will be joining us on the program tonight in the past. He's joined us as the head wrestling coach during the winter sports programs and, of course, has the uh, new duties now as the athletic director for the Nevada R5 School District. He'll be joining us later on in the program to talk about things from the administrative side. But we're going to talk Nevada Tiger football. Of course, the season getting underway. Coming up on Friday night, the Nevada Tigers open it up against the Wildcats of Logan Rogersville. They'll do so at uh, Logan Field on Friday. They'll hope, uh, start off with their home opener and their season opener at Logan. We're going to come back and visit with Tiger football coach Wes Beesler for the first time this season out of his first time out on Tiger Talk. Sharky's Pub and Grub at 400 South Johnson Drive, Nevada is more than just a place to eat. It's an atmosphere filled with your friends and family, great food and drinks, music and entertainment. Oh, did I mention the food? And it's all in one lively spot. And what about the daily specials on your favorite eats and drinks? Sharky's Pub and Grub, 400 South Johnson Drive, Nevada. Come on over and experience it for yourself. It's not just a place to eat, it's an atmosphere. You're at a place you'd like to write a check, but you know if you do, you'll get grilled. Do you have a driver's license? Do you have a job? A social security number? Why go through that? Use your debit card. It's easier and more convenient than writing a check. The First National Bank, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Now with ATM locations at Murphy's USA next to the Walmart parking lot, Wood Supermarket at 1407 West Austin in Nevada, and the First National Bank on the Nevada Square. When it comes to choosing the best insurance company to protect your life's most valuable possessions, trust one of Missouri's oldest and strongest mutuals, CFM Insurance. I'm Monty Smith, owner of Smith Insurance, and I'm proud to partner with CFM Insurance, who's provided strength, stability, and exceptional protection for Missouri families since 1869. I'm confident that together we can build your perfect CFM homeowners, farm owners, or countryside policy to protect what you've worked so hard to achieve generations to come. Let's grow together. Call 417-667-1828 for a quote or stop by our new office location at 100 South Pruitt Street, Suite B in Nevada. Where you get your deal, Nevada Auto Mall. Where you get your deal, on a new or pre-owned car. Over 15 years of serving you in our community. You're more than a customer, your family. Where you get your deal, Nevada Auto Mall. Where you get your deal. Back on Tiger Talk tonight here on uh, Double K Country. I'm Mike Harbutt, uh, and again alongside is Nevada Tiger at football coach Wes Beachler. Coach, how are you? Good, Mike. How are you doing? Good. I'm sure you're uh, fired up and uh, ready to go to kick things off on Friday night. Well, I mean, usually it'd be a little more fired up and ready to go than this 
you know, season so far, throwing a lot of curves at us. And this week, you know, it just continued with, um, with the heat situation. And the parents have been pretty understanding for the most part. Um, but you know, what, what a lot of people may not understand is if, um, Kaylee has this wet bulb thermometer thing and mm-hmm. if it hits 90, you can't practice outside. So we're is that always air temperature or heat index. Well, it's, it's heat index, air temperature, humidity all figured in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, uh, if it gets to 90, which I don't know, it, it kind of varies based on a lot of things. You, there's, no, there's no set heat index point. Okay. But if it hits 90 on that, on that measurement, then you can't practice outside. So we're every morning or the night before we're trying to judge, can we, can we practice outside of there? Is it going to be too hot? And we'd have to practice inside or, and you can't practice football inside very well, Mike. It's pretty tough to do. I would want Jim for if we, you know, if we had a dome or something, it'd be pretty well, so, easy know, so now we know what the next project <laughs> is, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sure that's right. That's in the works. Um, but so that, that's been frustrating. We went in the morning on Monday. We went after school yesterday, went in the morning again today, and then went after school with a walkthrough, which is helmets after school with the sophomores through seniors. So it's been kind of a, tough adjusting week usually you're on the field after school and you're rolling and you know exactly what's going on but it's been kind of a hit and miss type of week well i want to address, i want to address a topic here right at the at the get-go and then we'll then we'll move on and, and talk about what you've been doing on the field off the field obviously a very tough situation a couple of weeks ago for the uh, nevada tiger football program and the nevada community as a whole obviously with uh with uh, will downing uh, one of your assistant coaches uh passing away we won't get into all the details of that but uh but as far as your program goes uh obviously a big loss for you yeah i don't know you know um you hear all the time that uh people are replaceable you know, you'll you'll hear people say oh well, everybody's replaceable and that's not always the case and i think this is a classic example of that um will is as close to irreplaceable as i've ever had i think um just uh the friendship we had the the level of knowledge he had his rapport with the kids um his ability to relate with everybody inside and outside the program makes him pretty irreplaceable um so it's been a tough situation. I thought our kids, you know, I'm, I'm never shy to brag about the quality of the kids that we coach, Mike, and it's, and this group has been really, really mentally tough. And, uh, you know, everybody, you know, even his own son, JD, has just been a mentally tough young man and, and, and doing everything they can to honor him with how they practice, how they prepare and those kind of things. And I think that's what he'd want us to do is to, to move forward and, he talked a lot about inch by inch, foot by foot, you know, and I think that's what all the players are, are doing. And, uh, but it's, yeah, it's an irreplaceable guy that you're trying to replace and trying to move forward without. It's going to be awkward. It's just all the little things, you know, that I'm, you know, the, the jamboree without him, the bus trips without him, the first game without him is going to be a, a little bit awkward, but we're going to continue to inch by inch and foot by foot and keep moving forward. And, and there's never a good time, for, obviously, for something like this to happen, but it did happen uh, early on in your, your preseason practices here in, in August. Uh, so how did that affect your, your program since it did happen during this time of the year? Well, I think there's obviously some young men that had some struggles in staying focused, you know, and we totally understand that. And we, and we told our kids, you know, we said, Hey, if you, if we ever need to stop practice and just talk for a while, if we ever need to, you know, visit for a while before or after we're on board with doing that, but they, uh, they found that pretty well. And, you know, the, the thing that most of the kids said right away is that, you know, 
the kind of man he was and the kind of coach he was, he would just want them to keep doing things the way they're supposed to be doing them. And, and I think that's what most of them kind of embraced and, and settled their minds on. Very tough situation. Again, our condolences uh, go out to Amy and uh, J.D. and uh, the rest of the, the Downing family as uh, they look to move forward. Uh, they will be a part of the uh, pregame ceremonies, uh, the F- Downing family, on uh, Friday night just prior to kickoff. So we highly encourage you to uh, get there. Make sure you're there well before kickoff uh, to be a part of that uh, Friday night at Logan Field as nobody gets ready to take on Logan Rogersville. Okay, so let's go uh, move now to the on-the-field activities. Uh, I had a very successful season uh, a year ago. I know you... Thought it could have been better. Then it even turned out seven and four, uh, getting defeated in the district semifinals in Class Four District Six by the eventual state champions of uh, Jefferson City Elias. But you finished up at uh, seven and four, first winning season since two thousand and twelve. So, how did you carry that momentum forward into your off season? Well, I think anytime you have a bounce back season like that, you get a lot more excitement around the program. And that includes both the young men that are in the program getting a taste for that and, and hopefully not being satisfied. And, you know, you always, you always worry a little bit about, you know, are they going to be a little bit lethargic and think that now they can just take the field and win ball games? Um, hopefully that's not the case on Friday night. And then, Excuse me, I think also just building some excitement with kids who normally may not play that have come out. And so we, we picked up a few kids and, um, a couple of those kids are pretty talented. Uh, and, uh, so we feel good about where we're at. But, uh, I think the, the momentum is definitely was shown by that core group of 35 to 45 kids that were there all summer. You know, and you're always going to have those kids that no matter how much you beg, plead, borrow, they're not going to be there in the summer. And that sure is a hurt. You know, people talk about all the time about, you know, uh, those 20 contact days. And I'll just be honest with you, Mike, I'm not a fan of that. But if we don't have those 20 contact days, the, the teams we're playing are going to have them. And now we're even further behind. Mm-hmm. So we've got some kids that would possibly be in a starting position um, if their knowledge base was a little greater. And uh, hopefully we can catch them up to speed. But uh, we've had that core group of 35 to 45 kids who I'm not sure have missed a day in the off season and missed a day of practice so far, and, and they're getting themselves put in a position to be pretty successful. Did you feel like you were able to get done what you wanted to in the in the weight room? Of course, like a year ago, you were dealing with a lot of uh, situations with uh, the COVID protocols. So did you get what done in the weight room what you wanted to get done? thought we got a lot better strength and conditioning-wise last spring. And in summer, it's always hard to tell. You know, you can never – really be sure what kind of shape you're in until you start in games because you just can't simulate. I mean, the guys that played the game, as just a side note here, it's always kind of humorous to me that people that never played high school football think they know what football conditioning is like, and that, that's always a little bit. I mean, I just kind of smile them and nod my head, but I'm like, if you never played or coached it, it's it's different out there because it is all-out maximum effort for four to five seconds, and then you're going to be standing around for a while. So the thing you can't prepare for is the adrenaline rush and how that sucks some energy out of you, too. So that's going to always make you look a little lethargic the first two weeks. And, you know, just anybody that's that's deep into exercise physiology study, they'll tell you that it's going to take – three to four weeks to get maximum conditioning, maximum shape for any endeavor, and it takes about one week to ten days to go back down to almost right back where you started. So um, I don't expect to be in great game shape this week. We'll start to get there next week, and by week three, usually you got your legs under and you're good for four quarters. But we just got to deal with the heat, which is going to be an issue, and, and, and deal with a little bit of unknown with the conditioning just because of how different kids handle that extra adrenaline pump and how much that sucks to their energy. 
being that you had uh, several players back from the, from last year's team, especially on the defensive side of the football, certainly on both sides, you lost some key, you lost, lost key personnel. You do every year, mostly, mm-hmm. and uh, but at the same time, you have several returners coming back. So what what ended up being your priorities in your summer camp, and then of course here in the first uh, three weeks of August? Well, the, the, one of the priorities in summer camp was moving some people around to replace two DNs that had great motors last year. You know, where our inside linebackers were Logan Marcourt and Jace Lee, who was defensive, big eight defensive player of the year last year. And Wesley, when Wesley Balk was healthy, we slid Logan back out to outside tackle or outside linebacker. And, uh, Wesley Balk was in there. So our inside linebackers and our defensive ends and our safety were all seniors. And, and Ethan Forkner being that safety. So that, that was, it was a challenge to try to replace them. Um, fortunately we've had, you know, we had a couple move-ins from outside of Nevada that have fit right in and, and doing pretty well. Uh, and then we made the, the tough decision to take Case Anderson, who, who could probably start at about eight positions for <laughs> us on both sides of the ball. And we moved him to DN to kind of shore up that DN spot, at least on one side. And we feel pretty good about, some guys that are rotating on the other side, but, um, you know, just moving personnel around. I'm trying to plug in the gaps and, uh, I'm not sure we've got them all plugged as well as we'd like to, but we feel pretty good about the, the 11 guys going out there and, you know, four or five backups on both sides of the ball. You have, uh, most all of your skill position players back, but you did, but you did have to replace a quarterback. And, uh, so how's that progression going? It's going pretty well. You know, uh, um, I think one thing that, uh, Cade Beshore will, will start a quarterback on Friday night. Um, he's developed nicely athletically. Um, so that, that's always a positive. He's stronger now and, and his strength has always been his ability to, to read defenses and make smart decisions. And, you know, he made some really smart decisions Friday night in both the run game and the pass game. And, you know, uh, Coach Howarth, who coaches quarterbacks for me and, and I were talking a little bit and, it just, those are things you can't take credit for. You know, we coach them, we try to give them a look, we try to explain them what they're doing, but the kids have to embrace that and they have to have a little bit of football IQ themselves and he does a good job of that. So we, we expect that, uh, we'll be fine there. Cade would probably be one of the first to tell you he may not be as fast or athletic as Dylan was, but he's probably a little better thrower than Dylan was. So we'll just have to see how that transpires. You know, does that mean we're going to throw the ball 20 times a game? Probably not. But, uh, he does have a, he does have a good feel for his check down when the main route's not open. And he does throw a pretty, he delivers a pretty nice ball most of the time. So it, it may be, we may throw a little more. You know, I think people forget sometimes that when we had Braden Hinton, we threw average 12 passes a game. And that doesn't seem like much, but in Southwest Missouri, mm-hmm. you don't have very many teams that, that average more than 15 passes a game. Most of the people are going to run and, and run option football and zone reads and inside outside zones. So, that's where we'd like to be in that eight to twelve passes per game range, and, and hopefully we complete those, and like we did last Friday night in the Jamboree, and make some big plays. You may just partially answer this because you will be running in the pistol wing offense that has become familiar uh, the, for your offense. But are you able to uh, do different things out of that? Even though the appearance may be the same, are you able to to make different uh, adjustments in the running part of that? And you already talked about the fact you may throw a little bit more, but are you able to change things up in the running game that you need to out of the same formation? Yeah, but they're so subtle, Mike. If I mean, if you're not um, privy to what we're doing on a day to day basis, and you're at, at practice, we may run. 
I know even opposing coaches have told me, man, you ran the same play at us eight times in a row, and that's not necessarily true. We ran a very similar play with a little bit different blocking scheme, a little bit different tag on the, on the play to have to add motion, a tag to add a different blocking scheme, things like that. So um, we can do that all the time. You know, if if we have a running quarterback, we have a quarterback run game that's that's very effective that we can utilize more. Um, if we have a better passing quarterback, we already have a passing game in that that is based off run action. And you know, like right now, we've got four tailbacks that are pretty effective, and that's pretty nice to have. Um, and we also have we can go two or three deep at wing back as well. So. We feel like there's a lot of wrinkles we can add as time goes on, but right now, you know, with the last week we've had with all the weather issues, uh, we just feel like we're, we're where we need to be and we're going to keep adding more to the plate as time goes on. Because once the kids understand our base system, you can tag a lot of plays with different motions and shifts and you tag a lot of plays with different blocking calls and, and it will look real similar to the untrained eye, but it's, it's subtle for our offensive line and for our kids and it's just a difference in based on where they're lining up and where the bubbles are in their defense we can change a call or change a blocking scheme and take advantage of that let's talk about that offensive backfield because you do return an all-conference player and eli cheney uh back in rush for over 1100 yards a year ago 7.1 yards a carry obviously very very effective so uh he did have some health issues uh this summer but i, I know he also uh, there was some question whether he played at all or when he would come back and then he did play last week in the jamboree so talk about how he is come back if he's is he back to full strength yet and then who else might be in the mix that you're talking about well he's um when he was at full strength in early july mike my golly he was a specimen i mean he, I, I think he got up over 200 pounds without losing any speed and i don't know if he's quite over 200 but boy he was close um and then of course he lost i think he told me he lost about 15 to 20 pounds uh when he was sick there for a little bit um, but yeah, he's bounced back pretty well and he's Eli Cheney. I don't know that I've had, I've had a few kids probably as tough and physical as he is with just enough speed to break it. And it, boy, it's fun having him. I don't know if we can get a medical red shirt for his sophomore year and <laughs> keep him around for one more year or not, but I would sure take him. I would take him on and I'm sure Coach Barnes would jump up and take him at outside linebacker as well. And our special teams coordinators, Kay Sanderson and uh, Jared Alexander, we're sure taking back at punter again for another year. So uh, just phenomenal athlete and works hard in the weight room, does things right, uh, doesn't make excuses. He, he's a good one. Um, obviously, we'll still have Kay Sanderson back there some. He may even take some series at quarterback. We're not... We don't want to get into a quarterback controversy or start platooning too much, but Case just brings some things to the table. We could have a really effective quarterback run game, but he will run some unless tailback he, as well. And unless he changed his number. Huh? He changed well, his number. Yeah. I don't, that, yeah was that Cole's old number? I, you know, I don't know if he – I'd have to think back on that a little bit. But, um, yeah, and, and then um, Jordan Johnson is a young man that moved in from Fort Scott. He started there um, last year as a, as a dive back in their, in their Veer midline type system. And you talk about a young man that will put his pads down and hit the hole hard. He'll do that. So he'll he'll be out there on Friday night some as well. And then Gage Miller is also a young man that uh, runs the ball well. Will probably start at inside linebacker. But if you know if we have a guy that needs a break, Gage Miller can go in. We don't feel like we lose a whole lot with him out there at tailback. So pretty pretty effective backs. And you know it's it's, it's nice to have a stable of them because uh, what everybody's going to see this year is you're going to see. 
three, maybe four tailbacks run downhill at you and running that that uh, Trojan sweep we like to run off the edge all night long, and we're just going to see if you can stop it with fresh legs coming at you for four quarters. Lost a heck of a wing back last year, and uh, obviously in Caden Denny, but uh, you talk about one of the move-ins. Uh, it looks like you might have a pretty, pretty capable replacement there along with some others. Yeah, um, Avia Stedman also moved in from Fort Scott, and he's been <clears> very <throat> effective. Just has great vision. You know, a lot of times, just like Denny had, a lot of times when you run that stretch play or you run that sweep play, um, the defense is really going to try to keep things stringing out, and he has the ability like Denny did to put his foot in the ground and cut and make seven or eight yards where a lot of kids will just keep running to the sideline and get two. So his vision is really impressive. Again, a young man with enough speed that if you give him a crease, he's going to hit it for a home run ball like Denny did, so we're very happy there. Bryce Budd also took 140 yards in the Jamboree, got it on our, on our sweep to the right, or to the left, and Got bottled up for a second and stuck his foot in the ground and found a crease and went 40 yards to the end zone. So he's going to be pretty effective there. J.D. Downing also plays there. Um, and he's admittedly not as fast as those first two, but a very effective blocker and will get the tough yards inside. So we feel pretty good about that position as well. Fullback's a big part of your offense as well. They don't carry the ball, but they're big in the blocking scheme. Uh, so uh, and uh, Again, Jace Lee was back there a year ago. Who you got this time? Well, um, Jason's little brother Zade is back there. Um, Anthony Vance, who moved in from um, Green Valley two years ago, um, he's he's running a lot of fullback. Special teams player last year. Yes, too. yes, he was, and uh, unfortunately, he won't be on so many special teams. He's going to be doing other things this year. But um, and then uh, Henry Campbell, a sophomore, and Lane Webb, a sophomore. Two hard-nosed sophomore kids are also been rotating in some back there. So, you know, we're. We feel really good about wing back, full back, quarterback. You know, Cage done a nice job. Case could come in uh, if for any reason Cage stubs his toe. And so we just feel really good about the backfield. Uh, and we feel good about our defensive secondary. There's a lot of depth there. Um, and we feel good about our linebacking core. There's some depth there. Our concern, like every other coach that I talk to in southwest Missouri, is we have a hard time getting the big boys to come out. So offensive and defensive lines where we're pretty thin. Okay, yeah, you jumped ahead on me there because we're yeah. gonna go. We're gonna go the offensive <laughs> line, and you do have several returners uh, from that uh, unit a year ago, as you mentioned. Depth, though, obviously a big question mark, but you still return if you can keep them healthy for the second straight year. You got a pretty good group there. Yeah, you know, and I had um, I had one news outlet ask me if Meshek and Higgins were pound for pound two of the best offensive linemen I've ever coached, and. They they might be sneaking in there, but you know when you've coached the like of, of Sam Elifritz, it's pretty hard to put anybody at the top of that list because he was pound for pound he outweighed everybody, and pound for pound he was pretty dang good. But uh, yeah, I, Higgins is really solid. Um, look, we moved Logan Smith from right guard to right tackle, and he's really excelled there, and he's playing you know pound for pound. There's another really good young man there, Skyler Mashek. You know, a three-year starter as a junior starter as a freshman. He's at right guard. Uh, we did move Higgins from left tackle to left guard because he's pretty athletic in the open field. Um, Jackson Dreyer is at center, and he's a three-year starter now, starts since his sophomore year, and has gotten stronger and more physical over the last couple years. Um, the only question mark, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to announce this to the kids tomorrow, is, is left tackle. We've had some battling there for the starting spot, and, you know, Offensive line would like to see a little bit of nasty. You, know, you got to get down that stance when you're blocking somebody. You want to dominate him, not just shield him away from the play. And so we're we're trying to get somebody to step up and be that dominant left tackle. And then uh, ex tight end Drew Beachler will start there. 
and then why tight end right now is Cartman Hiley starting there. And then Logan Marcourt can probably play both. Cartman can play both tight end spots. Um, uh, Tyler Longobardi will get some time at one of the tight end spots. He's a sophomore. So it's always nice to have seniors and juniors starting and sophomores that can come in and play some because that's just building your program for when, you know, when Tyler is a junior and a senior, he'll be out there a lot of snaps and he'll have a lot of experience. So that's, that's always a good thing. So let's jump over to the defensive side. I need to move, move along a bit. I don't want to shortchange the defense, but, uh, uh, want to certainly take, make sure we have time to, Talk about Logan Rogersville, the season coming up, and we have a conversation with David Ox coming up, the athletic director. But let's go to the defensive side, and uh, uh, a lot of expectations, I think, for this defense this year. Uh, again, you've had some really good linebackers to replace, but I think there's a lot of expectations over there. Well, I think the, the best thing about our linebacking core is Coach Downing has done a good job of teaching those kids the game the last couple years and now. Um, with that situation, um, Coach Barnes has moved back. He played linebacker in high school, and he's moved back to coach the linebackers. And they do a really good job of teaching them the mental side of the game, too. So, you know, Gage Miller and Logan Marcourt are going to be on the inside. Two very high IQ young men, not only on the football field academically. They're just two smart guys, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that never hurts you. Um, and at the outside linebacker spot, you know, um, one spot I think, you know, Coach Barnes probably knows a little better than me. Eli Cheney is obviously going to be one of them. It looks like Vance will be the other one, but I know that Braden Koning has, has played well in practice, so he'll probably be pushing some people all year and he, another junior, which we need those guys mm-hmm. to get some field time. But, uh, so the linebacking core looks solid. Defensive line solid. We got a few guys that can rotate in there. Kenneth Johnson's a returner. You know, Lucas Higgins will be a, a kid that has to play on both sides of the ball some. We already talked about Kay Sanderson moving down to defensive end. And again, that's a young man that could probably start at all four linebacker spots, either DN spot, and might not be a bad free safety too. <laughs> so I don't know how he'd be at corner, but we won't have to worry about that hopefully. Um, and then that corner, you know, with Cade starting at quarterback, he will not start at corner. Uh, it's just a chance for me to get a talk to him on the sidelines if I need to. If, if he needs to play corner, he'll play some corners. That's just the position we're in. Um, but, uh, you know, um, Blake Cox is going to be at corner some. Drew Beachler is going to be at corner some. You know, Avius is going to play at safety along with Bryce Budd. Bryce Budd is going to play some corner. Tucker Duncan is going to play some corner. we got a lot of kids out there that, that are capable of doing that. So we feel pretty good about our offensive, our offense and our defense. We just got to hope that our kids are, are ready for the challenge on Friday night. It's just I, I don't have a real good read for this team yet. Last year's team, I could tell you probably before kickoff how we were going to do in a game. Uh, and I would definitely say before the Seneca game, I had a little bit of a meltdown because I knew they weren't prepared mentally. And sure enough, we came out and let a team that wasn't quite up to our level play with us all night and beat us in the end. So I uh, haven't got a feel for this team yet, but I, I think they'll be ready to go. I think last year's seniors really showed them how you approach practicing games, and I think we'll be in pretty solid shape. Uh, no one over uh, the other phase, of course, the special teams. Real quick, uh, how you setting up there? Well, there won't be a lot of attempting of field goals yet because we haven't got that nailed down yet. But, uh, you know, everybody talks about that. And you would be amazed at a kid can go out on a football field and, and, and get a tee set up and get one of those holders set up mm-hmm. and just drill 20-yard field goals from the 20, which would actually be, you know, more of a 30-yard field goal. And then you you get put a other the other – you know, ten teammates out there and eleven defensive players, and all of a sudden they're they're not hitting the 
the uh, <laughs> booster club shed over here. And so, you know, we, we, we always joke about every year you'll have a couple kids that just drill extra points and warm ups and you put them in a game and they hit the, the center and the rear end with the mm-hmm. first kick. So I think right now we'll probably go for two. As potent as our running game could potentially be, I think going for two is pretty solid. You look at it this way, Mike, not very many high schools are going to go 100% on one point conversions, but a lot of high schools can probably go 50% or close to it or a little better for two. So you're kind of breaking even. Mm-hmm. And so we'll probably go for two. I think the punting game is solid. The coverage will be interesting, but Eli's back was a second team. Uh, all-conference punter last year. Kicking game, Avia Stedman, again, we talked about him on offense and defense. He's been kicking off down to about the 20 to the 10 and put one in the end zone tonight. So that's always a benefit. If you can put it in the end zone, they got to start their own 20. Um, and then my always my biggest concern and something I still like to coach uh, is kick coverage. You can't allow kick returns for touchdowns. And Coach Sanderson has taken that over a little bit. Um, taking that off my plate and, uh, he's doing a really good job of coaching it. And, and that's, that's one area I don't think you can give up punts for touchdowns mm-hmm. or kickoffs for touchdowns. And th- those are the two we spent the most time on this so far. Final thing on this segment. And now, of course, is the Jamboree you played in Friday night at, uh, at Carthage. And, uh, you play, uh, Monette was there. You did not play them, but you did take on Carl Junction and Carthage, two COC teams, uh, in, uh, 18 plays offensively and defensively, uh, on Friday night. Uh, as you know, I was on vacation. Vacation last week, I was out of state, and uh, but my daughter was there uh, filming for uh, KSN 16 for her show that night, and uh, she's uh, kind of sitting here watching races, and I'm constantly getting text messages. Well, Nevada just scored again. Nevada just scored again. Nevada, it sounds like you had a good offensive night, and I saw and watching your video back, looked like you could add a couple more, but uh, passes dropped or two. Yeah, I, I'm. I thought we had a really good night. The the best thing is. Um, of course, we didn't jamboree last year, mm-hmm. um, and I think last year's team would have handled it well. But uh, sometimes you go to the jamboree, and people see that blue team from down south with a big old C <laughs> on their helmet, and they were state champions class five two years ago, and they kind of you know tighten up a little bit and look at them like, oh, my gosh, it's Carthage. This team didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Carthage did ball up our runs pretty good early. So did Carl Junction, but the passing game was wide open because they had nine people in the box. And, you know, the, I've coached against Buckmaster uh, and Guidey when I was in the COC, and they know the primary thing you got to stop is the power of the trap and the, and the Trojan sweep. So they did a pretty good job of that. But the thing that they didn't plan on probably it, for Jamboree, they didn't spend mm-hmm. a lot of time on us, was how effective our passing game can be this year. So a lot of over-the-top plays loosened some things up, and then we were able to run the ball quite well. I think we scored seven offensive touchdowns um, Friday night just against Carl and Carthage. And everybody has to keep in mind, too, um, Carthage, after on their ninth play, rotated in their JV defense. And we had uh, a starting offensive lineman nicked up, so we wanted to not play him the rest of the night. So we still were shuffling around. We had actually had some kids, some of our varsity kids, go a little bit longer than we planned trying to cover for this one young man who got nicked up a little bit. Um, so we probably scored a couple on Carthage JV, or at least one on Carthage JV that was kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it was on the field when we scored those was eight sophomores. But it was the senior that was out there was Mark Horton Chaney, and the <laughs> junior was Kay Sanderson handing it off. So those three are pretty good junior and two seniors, but the re- the other eight were, were sophomores. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking both tackles, both guards, our center, uh, fullback was a sophomore. So 
but it was Eli Cheney carrying the ball out in space, so that's that's always exciting <laughs> to watch. Um, but you know, so that that's always a factor when the other team subs out some starters, and uh, so that that may have looked a little bit deceiving. But we did move the ball well on both teams, and I thought defensively we played really well against both teams. Not really knowing how to prepare for them, just running our base stuff and doing the best we could because we're not going to spend a ton of time working on Carthage and Carl Junction's offense for the Jamboree. We've been working on what Logan Rogersville is going to try to do. So I thought we were pretty effective on both sides. Well, it seems like, though, there's a method to the madness there because showing that passing game and showing the success you had, even though they weren't deep balls, I mean, you threw a couple over in the middle, but some quick outs, you've planted that seed to your early opponents that they can't they can't come up and put nine guys in a box. Well, you know, there's not been very many years, Mike. There's a, there's a couple years that I've run under center, double wing, and, and the shotgun wing where we didn't feel like our passing game was very effective and we just had to try to claw for yards. Last year, you know, we talked about this a little bit at the end of last season. We completed 60% of our passes and we threw 10 touchdowns. Of course, two of those were halfback passes, but 10 touchdowns and only three interceptions. So that kind of started to unfold last year, right around 600 yards passing. This year I'd expect to be in the 8 to 12 touchdowns and hopefully stay less than four interceptions. And we want to push that number back up to 800 to 1,000 yards passing. Because if you do decide to put eight or nine in a box, we have to throw the ball over the top of you some, unless you put eight or nine in a box and still can't <laughs> stop us from running, then we're going to keep pounding the rock at you. So, um can't we have just said pounding the rock right there, but that, um, so we're gonna, we want to run it first. I think that's, you get, you get late in the year, it's cold, it's playoff time, you need to be able to run the football and play good defense, but yeah, if you load the box on us, we do have the ability to throw the ball over the top. And of course, when you've got a 6'4", 180 pound tied in with pretty good hands and a little bit of speed, if he slips one tackle, he's probably gone. So, and we got wingbacks that can get out there and catch it and be gone. So, mm-hmm. uh, we feel pretty comfortable what we're doing, uh, on that side of the ball. Well, Nevada gets to do it for real Friday night when they'll take on Logan Rogersville. They do open up at home. We're going to come back. We're going to take a timeout. We're going to come back, talk about the Wildcats of Logan Rogersville. Nevada will try to beat them for the second consecutive year. We'll come back and do that preview after this timeout on Tiger Talk. If you have a calling to serve people in your community and help bring about positive change, come join us. Compass Health Network is currently hiring for multiple positions. We serve communities in 46 counties across Missouri and have a place for you. If you are a licensed therapist, nurse, integrated health specialist, dental assistant, office manager, or IT specialist, Compass Health Network offers a supportive work environment and great benefits. Find out more at careers.compasshealthnetwork.org. With warm days coming to an end, think Sutherland's home base of Nevada with everything you need to get that house and outside area ready for the colder months. From products for your windows, heaters, pipes, and everything in between, Sutherland's will make sure you are prepared for the upcoming months. Sutherland's home base, 2101 East Austin, Nevada. Great products, great people, low prices. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse is more than just barbecue. They offer a 60-person banquet room and can cater your next event. They have a full menu in-house and can customize limited menus catered specifically to your needs. So schedule your next event at Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse or just come by and have a great meal. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse, which is the Nevada Tigers' good luck. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse at 2500 East Austin in Nevada. Call 667-4227. That's 667-4BBQ. 
Did you know Channel Master antennas receive high definition and digital signals over the air from a span of 180 degrees and up to 80 miles of range? And Thorpe's Appliances is your area dealer. And that TCL, Roku, and Smart TVs with 32 to 75 inch screens are available starting as low as $229. Call Thorpe's Appliances at 667-8787 to schedule a free quote. Your local authorized Channel Master dealer. Thorpe's Appliances, since 1945. Forbes Appliances, 114 North Cedar, three generations serving the Vernon County area since 1945. Back on Tiger Talk tonight here on uh, Double K Country. Thanks for joining us again. We'll be with you each Wednesday night. Can't tell you we'll always be on 97.5 FM KNMO. In fact, we will not be back on the FM side until at least the 1st of October because we'll have St. Louis Cardinal baseball on Wednesday nights uh, for the next uh, f- uh, few weeks uh, through the end of September. Uh, but we will be. Uh, next week on AM 1240 KNEM. But don't forget, AM 1240 KNEM also has an FM signal with it as well. So you can find us at 99.9 FM with our FM translator. That's simulcast, the AM side. Or of course, we'll be online at KNEMKNMO.com on the AM audio stream for the next few weeks as well. So uh, make sure you uh, note that we will not be on 97.5 FM KNMO after tonight until the 1st of October. All right, so Nevada does have a game coming up on Friday night. It'll be the Logan Rogersville Wildcats. Of course, out of the Big Eight uh, East Division, uh, Logan Rogersville uh, last year going seven and three on the season. Nevada picking up a win, thirty-eight twenty-six at their place uh, last year on Friday night in the uh, season opener. A lot of offensive fireworks uh, in that ball game, and we'll just start right at the top. Uh, we know for uh, Logan Rogersville, it all starts and stops with their quarterback and JJ O'Neill. Obviously, he's a difficult challenge uh, for you on Friday. I just wanted to throw the ball. Yeah. I, I, I think he's scarier when he starts to roll out or, or breaks out of the pocket and starts to run. He, he can be really scary when he starts to do that. Um, but yeah, he's a handful in space and you just got to be disciplined, Mike. And, and we talk about that all the time, but when things break down and you get a scrambling quarterback getting out in space, everybody's got to be in their pass drop zones and they got to be able to close on the ball and pursue really well. We sometimes joke as coaches how we don't have a ton of fast guys, but we have overall pretty decent above average team speed. We don't have a ton of slow guys out there playing. We don't have the four, five, forty kids, but we don't have a bunch of four, nine plus kids out there. We have quite a few kids in that upper four, six, mid four, eight range that can run to the ball pretty well. So that's what we're going to have to do to contain him. Um, he did not throw the ball real well in the jamboree. Of course, I say that, and I'll be called an idiot about five times on Friday <laughs> night when he when he threads the needle about three or four times, probably. But um, he's uh, he did not look really good doing that. But we know he can throw it from again from playing against him last year. He just might have had a little bit of an off night. But we uh, we've got to get some pressure on him and contain him and not let him get comfortable because he he does make good decisions back there. And when he does pull it down and run, he's a handful. He had over, in fact, he had over 1,300 yards uh, rushing last year, over 1,100 yards passing. So he did rack up some yards. He seems to have a preference or a love for throwing the deep ball. He likes to throw deep. Is that something you can still can see uh, consistently from him? There's a lot of deep attempts in the jamboree, not a lot of completions deep. I, don't know if that, I think, and boy, you know, it all goes together because you know, I I have last year's rosters and I try mm-hmm. to look, but. I don't really pay attention to what they lost, but I know they lost a couple good receivers. So maybe maybe part of the problem is he just hasn't quite meshed with the new receivers yet. Uh, hopefully we don't allow them to mesh well together on Friday night. But uh, didn't see a lot of deep ball completions. There was one I remember in the Jamboree. Um, but I don't think they went against any defenses like they're going to see Friday night. That doesn't mean that they won't have some success because they're a very good offensive team. Uh, but they Jamboreed with Hillcrest, um, I believe Strafford. 
and Central, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think any of those teams are as physical defensively as we are, so hopefully that gives us a little bit of advantage in, in that situation, trying you, to defend them. When you go back to last year's game, uh, they did, uh, again, 38-26, Nevada on, on top, but uh, they racked up 384 yards of total offense, but it was 244 through the air, only 35, uh, I'm sorry, 140 yards rushing. Uh, Luke Hauer uh, seemed to be the, the feature running back, 21. Uh, mm-hmm. Luke Hauer seemed to be the feature running back in their jamboree. What do you see out of him? Uh, he looks like an Eli Cheney type, you know, on film. He looks like he's about the same build as Eli has, like Eli does enough speed that if you, if you get to crease, he can, he can make it a long gain and a touchdown. So yeah, he'll be scary. So maybe we have to stop. I think one thing last year is we got their jamboree film, but we didn't get a lot of film with them the year before. Of course, hadn't played them. So there was a lot of mystery. I think this year we know a little bit more about what they're going to do, uh, cause we have last year's film. Plus, as as we go through the Big A Conference, you know, we'll get film from somebody we play week eight, that, and they'll, one of the films they send us is a Rogersville film, so you have some of those back. And it doesn't mean we're going to pitch a shutout. It doesn't mean that they're not going to score their share of points because they're they're very explosive. You know, people might know and might not know they were Big A East champions last year. Uh, I think they went uh, seven and two, seven, and, uh, yeah, and the then they seven and yeah. three because they lost in the week the ten to Hillcrest. Yeah. So they ended up seven and three, but they were seven and two in the in the conference. So they're a very explosive team. They fly the ball well on defense. So it'll be a challenge for us. We're going to have to get north and south and be physical and play some tough, hard-nosed football, and and hopefully in the fourth quarter. Um, kind of wear them down a little bit, chasing around all of the backs that we got, and hopefully our line can can be physical up front. Last year you went to their place, open up. This year you do it so you do so at home. Uh, are you happy about that situation? Be able to open up at home? There's nothing better than a home opener, Mike. <laughs> I just just telling you, you know, uh, uh, Innovate has been really good in supporting us, and we expect, you know, I remember um, there were some high expectations in 2012 when I was here, and. And that we came walking out, of course, Coach Epps was my D coordinator then. We came walking, we don't pay much attention during once. We came walking out at the seven minute mark for the kickoff and man, there was standing room only too deep around the fence. The bleachers were full. And, uh, I hope we have that kind of support, um, Friday night as well. But, uh, yeah, it, it, there's something special about being at home. The opening week is, the opening game is always exciting. Uh, and nobody ever really knows where you're at because obviously in practice the jamboree helped define us a little bit, but in practice you have a hard time because, I mean, you put your top 11 guys on offense or defense and it's not your top 11, some good kids, but it's not your top 11 probably on the scout team. So you're never real sure where you're at until you, until you kick that thing off and get after it. And it's just, it's, it's comfortable to be at home. In, a, in that situation to open up. Boy, friend, for those of us who play the game or if you just watch the game, I, we'd like for it to be a little cooler, obviously, but there's nothing like starting off a high school football season, and especially in, a, in towns like Nevada. Yeah, was, I mean, I don't think. Um, I spent a lot of time this summer listening to a, a coach that has a podcast, and a little bit like me, he, he started out coaching a really small class one. I started out coaching eight-man. Um, and then he's been everything up to class five, which I've been up to class five. And he said the best football in any state and the best high school to coach in is the high schools that have four to 800 kids. And I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Those class three, class four schools, there's still a lot of community pride. You still, I, I know a lot of the kids that are in the school, if not their names, at least by face. And so it's just, it's just, it's more personal. Um, you know, you just know a lot of people in the community and it, it's just a, a great 
class three and class four and, and maybe some class twos that have success. I, I think that's the place to be in coaching. Um, other guys will disagree for their own personal reasons, but I love coaching at Nevada and at a school this size. It's a lot of fun. Not to be a Debbie Downer here, but uh, we do. It is out there, so we do, I need to bring it up, I guess. And that is, uh, I, when you finished last season, I'm sure you thought this next season I'm not going to have to deal with any of this COVID <laughs> issue. And it, it, it seemed like, you know, uh, and certainly when school got out in May, we didn't think it was going to, you know, look like it was certainly going uh, going to uh, to the wayside. Obviously, it's not turned out to be the case. And so, how nervous does that continue to make you uh, going from week to week? You know, we talked off air, Mike. You never asked tough questions, so 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 doing this live is not very challenging. Now you now you now you brought this up. I just said I could do it. <laughs> well, you know, I, it is what it is. Um, we're going to control everything that we can control, and we're going to try to set aside the things we can't control. And obviously, that's a lot easier said than done. As football coaches, you know, I would like to have some of these kids in a little hamster bubble all year, you know, crawling around mm-hmm. through school and not coming in close contact with anybody or not mm-hmm. getting anything. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's out there and we're going to try to coach the kids we have. You know, one frustration I always have is, um, coach Downing always talked to me about this and I, and I miss that that smile and that reassurance that he always gave me. But I always get frustrated when kids don't show up to summer workouts because there's nothing like building a team, like going through summer workouts together. Mm-hmm. And he, he would just, he always had a good perspective on that. And he always said, Hey, coach the kids that are here, coach the kids that are here. So if we go through some of that, we're going to coach the kids that are there. And that's all we can really do. And it's, yeah, it's a frustration. And I mean, it's, it's a frustration, Far more frustrating for other people than probably football coaches. Mm-hmm. And so we're just, we're, we're going to coach the kids that we got. If, if that stuff starts to rear its head a little bit, we're going to deal with it the best we can and move forward and keep putting one foot ahead of the other. Oh, stay careful out there, people. That's the message. Uh, do what you need to do to, to be safe. All right. So let's get back to the field. Your keys, uh, for Friday night. I know you, you normally script your first dozen or so plays. So, uh, but what do you, what do you see as your keys on Friday? Well, we are with the first eight are scripted. Um, and of course we don't, we don't move away from that except for an extreme, you know, if, if, if it, if let's say play five is a pass play mm-hmm. and just in case coach Talbert down at Rogersville is listening, play five is not a pass play, <laughs> but uh, let's say it was and you get up there and it's third and one. Hey, let's, let's run 24 powers. We're probably going to get a yard and let's not throw it now and make it fourth and one at the 50 yard line, make a tough decision. So every now and then we'll, we'll, we'll kind of hedge away from that. But, uh, we, uh, we have those scripted and we stick to that. Um, you know, Mike, it, this is amazing, but last year we scored on this script in eight out of 11 games. Um, and two games we scored twice on the script. So we scored in like the first four plays, mm-hmm. came back the next offensive series and scored again within one or two or three or four plays. And so the kids know what we're going to run. They're confident in those plays. We work them against de- uh, various defenses. So, uh, we expect to be able to run the football. We expect that if they load the box, we can hurt them a little bit with the passing game over the top or to the flats real quick. We expect to be able to camouflage that passing game with some good play action fakes. Um, we expect to be physical on defense. We know we're going to have to contain the quarterback who is a good throwing quarterback and a good runner when he gets in broken field. So, uh, and, and then we know early on, you just know this, and I'm not sure you can prevent it. One team or the other or both teams are going to have some special teams breakdowns early. 
and uh, so we just got to hope that doesn't that doesn't rear up to bite us and, and do the things that we need to do and, and contain them as best we can and just be a punishing, dominant, physical run first offense and also be punishing on defense, uh, be solid in alignment and assignment and just play good football. And I'm assuming you're uh, preaching uh, hydration when you're, as you're getting closer to game time. I've been around too long, Mike, so you know me too well. Um, we, we talk to our kids. There's a couple. Man, it's so hard. I wish there was some doctor somewhere that could tell us this is exactly how much you need to drink. And there's some guidelines out there, but every individual is going to be different. But we did talk to him about the hydration starts tonight. And we also told them, you know, you need to eat bananas, lightly salt your food, maybe throw a Gatorade or Powerade in there, you know, once in a while, because we've had kids in the past that would cramp week one and they would just be carrying around gallon jugs full of water. Well, then they're flushing their electrolytes out of their system and then they still cramp week two. So there's a fine line there, but we did preach hydration, water, Powerade starts tonight, um, lightly salting your food, um, Vegetables or fruits with in high potassium like bananas, consuming a banana. We had some this morning the Booster Club brought in for after our morning practice. Um, and then eating another banana tomorrow and another one on Friday before the game and then lightly salting your food to keep that sodium up and then just being smart and, you know, sodas are probably out the window at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, caffeinated drinks are probably out the window and just be in good shape because we know we're going to have some cramping problems. You just know you are week one when the kickoff it's 88 degrees. Like I think that's what the forecast is, 86 or 88. Yeah. And that's going to be hot. With high humidity. <laughs> yeah, correct. I think, we're, I think we're supposed to get a little bit of a break on Friday, but maybe it may not be that noticeable. But yeah, I think the high is going from 97 to 92 yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. That five degrees will feel glorious, <laughs> won't it? <laughs> Maybe we'll get well. Maybe you don't want a twenty-five mile an hour win, but well, you probably don't mind. I don't mind the way you run the ball. You don't mind. Yeah, just make them throw into the wind. Hopefully, it's out of the west or the east if it's twenty-five miles an hour. Exactly. All right, so let's take a look at the uh, other action. Move ahead and then talk about the the other action on Friday night. As of course, all the other Big A conference teams are also in action. They are all Big A crossover games. All the West teams are at home on Friday night. You may remember it was sort of the reverse last week. It's the same schedule as week one a year ago. As just reversed as to who the home team is. Logan Rogersville. Nevada, uh, the Lamar Tigers are actually not playing until Saturday. Uh, that's a that's going to be an, an interesting story going forward. Not for Lamar, but uh, the reason why is because there is a lack of officials, and uh, so uh, Lamar is uh, has been asked, and they apparently approved to uh, move their game to Saturday night to uh, play Springfield Catholic. And I'm going to have a discussion with that uh, with uh, Athletic Director David Hawks about that topic coming up in the next segment. So I'll, I'll save that conversation until then. But, uh, but folks, be kind to those officials. We need more of them. Yeah. We, we, we don't want to scare them off. I mean, we need them. All right, uh, Mount Vernon, that's all I'll say about that. Mount Vernon will be at Cassville on Friday. That, of course, Cassville uh, next week's opponent for uh, Nevada. Seneca Indians will be at home against Marshfield. Hollister will be at Monette. You don't have to be nice to them, by the way. Uh, Reed Spring will be at East Newton. And Aurora will be at McDonald County uh, coming up on Friday night. So uh, those are all crossover games in weeks one and two. Uh, actually, I'm, we don't play Cassville until week three because next week's a crossover game as well. We're at home. Uh, we're, actually, we're on the road next week at Hollister. Oh, how could I forget that trip? We're at Hollister. We're at Hollister. Forget that trip. <laughs> we're at Hollister next Friday night. Well, it's Labor Day weekend. Just anybody goes, they just stay in Branson for the weekend. How about that? <laughs> so, but uh, Cassville is week three. But uh, anyway, I bring that up obviously to talk about uh, the, the Big A West. Uh, how do you see that playing out? And uh, of course, Lamar coming back as defending state champions. But uh, how do you see the Big A West? 
Well, I mean, I, I think the Big 8 West would be hard-nosed and tough again. You know, Lamar has a lot of players back from his state championship in Class 2. Uh, Cassville's always Cassville. Monette, I think, is probably looking at a little bit of a bounce-back year after they had a lot of struggles. A lot of their players last year chose to go virtual. I think that's just kind of a mess when your kids mm-hmm. are probably staying up a little later than if they were going to school the next day and then probably sleeping in a little later than trying to get to practice. So I expect a bounce-back year from them. Uh, Matt County was a, a tough win for us last year. Um, it will be a pretty solid team. Uh, Seneca, I don't really know, new coach, um, but always a hard-nosed, just a hard-nosed town with a, always a tough physical team. East Newton has a great coach. He's a great coach and a great man, so, you know, they're capable of getting better. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't think I missed anybody, but I think the Big 8 West is just going to be really solid again. Would we expect Monette to be 3-6 and six again? You know, I don't know, Mike. It's just so hard to tell because, you know, we saw them in the jamboree. We didn't go against them. I just saw a few plays here and there and it looked like they were moving the ball on Carthage and Carl a little bit like we did. So it'll be hard to tell what, what they're going to be like. But, um, you know, you talked about the officials. Yeah, you people do need to be nice. I remember one time I had a middle school coach on my sideline and he was hollering for a pass interference call about a pass interference mm-hmm. call on us. And he was saying that ball was uncatchable. And he, I just stared at him, and he quit talking after the game. He said, didn't you think I was right? And I'm like, well, you might have been right in college, but that's not a rule in high school. You know, <laughs> if the ball's in the air and there's contact, you know, back then. Mm-hmm. And I said, so, you know, a lot of times people yell at officials and get down on them. Heck, I don't know all the calls they make. I don't know all the rules in football. I'm not ashamed to admit that. Yeah. That that rule book has Eight sections with each of them has about 27 articles and then they have, you know, section eight, article 27, rule B. And I don't, I don't know all those. So it, you know, it's a tough job and try to talk my son that graduated last year into doing that, Mike, and he just wouldn't take the bait. So. And, and a lot of people don't realize that there are different rules for each division. Oh, yeah. High school, college. High school, like college. The, for, yeah. the, the big one is people don't realize there's not a grounding rule in high school football. Right. You can chuck it in the seats. You're right. okay. You're okay. <laughs> and, and you can, I mean, you can hit receivers. Crossing in the middle, if the ball's not in the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of di- those are some of the major ones, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of differences. And you know, it, you know, I, I I bet if I sit in the stands when I retire, <laughs> I bet I will hear at least five people complaining about a call that is exactly right every night mm-hmm. because they just don't know the rule. And a lot of people, of course, are, are going to watch on Sundays, watch the Chiefs mm-hmm. play. Or if, you know, you can watch the Packers play too. But you watch those games and you hear what those commentators say about the rules. They don't always apply. That's not the same rule in high school yeah. or in college. So it's, yeah. it's a different. I mean, we have a, I'm amazed we have a lot of crews that call high school on Friday night and college games on Saturday and keeping all those rule differences separate it would be tough. Yeah. But yeah, I think it, that's a little bit concerning that we're, we're going to have to move some games to Fridays. The next couple of years, they're pretty certain well, because of shortage of officials. Saturdays, Saturdays yes. Yeah. yeah, or Thursdays or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, yeah. Thursdays are real tough. Talk yeah. coaches in, too, with a short week yeah. of preparation. Exactly. So, so yeah, so just keep, I mean, I don't, want to get a, I don't want to preach, but just keep it in mind that we do need to get young blood into this officiating game and that they need to know that the, they're going to be able to enjoy the experience. All right, so enough on that. The other item people may be curious about is uh, they may you know what I don't know what class or district we're in yet. 
Well, no, neither do we. <laughs> uh, the uh, class and district assignments will be announced by the Missouri State High School Activities Association this Friday. How convenient on, on night one. Uh, they'll be announcing that coming up on Friday. Uh, last year, uh, Nevada, of course, was in class four, district six. I already mentioned that uh, Jefferson City Elias won the district title and the class four state championship last season out of that district. They do redistrict every year now. And then you have a lot of teams, uh, small schools that are dropping down to eight man. And that really, makes these numbers fluctuate a little bit. It does. You know, last year we had some schools that didn't play fall football because of COVID, and so that is what bumped us from three to four last year. But you're right. There are some schools that are not even playing football this year. They've gotten so small they've dropped even eight-man. We we know Mm -hmm. a school in the area that dropped their varsity schedule for this year. Um, And so then you also, like you have the the schools that are dropping down to eight-man, that the more smaller schools that drop down to eight man, the less class one schools there are. So they pull a few pull two down. down, they pull a few few three down, and then we might get pulled, you know, in direction two, you know, yeah, which might be think, up. If I think class five is kind of like the catch all. That's why yeah. they always they always have buys in their first weeks right. of district play because that class five becomes kind of like the catch all. There's uh, typically, the typically there's 64 in class one, two, three, and four, and then there's 32 six. in class six, and then the rest are class five, mm-hmm. and you know, so who knows where we're going to fall. I mean, it been interesting. Uh, Lance Parnell and I talked about this, the coach at Cassville. Last year, if we hadn't got bumped to Class 4, we'd have likely been in Cassville's district and going south, and that might have been inter- interesting to play Cassville again. Probably what would have been the championship game. Mm-hmm. I think the other teams that were in that district that both us and Cassville had beaten previously during the year, or we'd beaten teams that beat those teams. So that could have been interesting to have a Cassville Nevada Class 3 district championship game, but we'll never know. But hopefully this year, I would prefer to be Class 3. Um, I won't get in a long, I won't whine or cry <laughs> or anything. But when you go up and play a team that has as many kids out as Elias and they're still Class 4, that's, that's tough to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, they don't care to hear it. Nobody really cares to hear excuses. But it's it's tough when you're a class three team, legitimately, and you have to go play a class four that has 120 kids out in a in a private Catholic school. That's that's a tough that's a tough road to hoe. But hopefully, um, we'll we'll try to give them heck wherever we're we're paired up with. And it's it's a different beast not knowing. You know, I think that used to come out late July, early August, yeah, yeah. and you'd know and be kind of like, oh, this is interesting. And then now they, then you, they got tired of school districts fudging on their right, enrollment numbers, and they said, right. okay, we'll fix that, and we'll we'll start announcing it in August. Yeah, thanks to those schools. <laughs> so you know, it's, it, there's always something that you know. Every rule and regulation we have is thanks to somebody out there. So. Um, We'll just let that go too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we can write a book one day. About well, that. I, we'll have to get together yeah, and do when that. When both of us are done with this, we'll just write a book. Yeah, or, <laughs> it'll either be a bestseller or no seller, Mike. So well, we'll be, to, our wives will buy it. That's that. true. It I'll might get, sell a couple copies. You know? <laughs> I could probably guilt Coach Hawks into buying one. <laughs> Well, that'll be uh, just exciting to get the season started. Well, as soon as that news comes out on the district and class assignment, we'll certainly put it out on our social media. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, that's where you're going to see it. We pretty much put all of our game and sports information now on our Twitter site, which is at KNEM, KNMO Radio. If you want to find that and follow us there, encourage you to do so, or my personal Twitter, you can look me up. Uh, but, uh, and, uh, but, uh, anyway, look forward to it. We'll announce that. And of course, we'll talk about it on Friday night's broadcast as well. Bill Foster again joining me. For uh, the covers, I'm with Dan Hope Jr. They'll be splitting weeks this week, and uh, got Josh Smith helping me next week at Hollister. 
because I don't have Bill or Dan available. So uh, I'm going to have three different color guys in the first three weeks. Oh, so so I'm, I'm not buying that one. Bill and Dan aren't available on the trip down to Hollister. <laughs> I think those two look at the schedule and said, I'm not available week two. I'm, that's... I'm going to have my feet up on the couch watching online. Thank goodness for Josh, because I really thought I might be doing that game solo. I really did, but uh, there for a while. But he's going to be there anyway, so uh, he's he's got a reason for going. Yeah, he's got a reason for pretty good, pretty good young man. It's a heck of an offensive and defensive lineman, so yeah, he's fun to watch. Well, we'll let that news out as soon as it comes out. It's always, it's always, it is always kind of fun and interesting to see when those announcements are made, just to kind of see where everybody lands and who moved up, who moved down, uh, who didn't move up that you thought would move up. That's another part of the book. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they did move up last year though. But, yeah. uh, and, uh, but at any rate, uh, we look forward to it on Friday. We appreciate the time. And, uh, Wes, thanks again for coming in. Look forward to doing it for the next several weeks and, uh, wish you the best of luck this season. Of course, it's Friday night. All right, Mike. Thank you. And we appreciate everything you do for Nevada sports. It's, it's awesome having somebody as good as you call games and do the radio shows. It's, it's a privilege, and got to keep Bill Foster doing this a little bit longer too. Every, I think every well, year he kind of wants to sneak out and step well, away, I, but he's he does a heck of a job. I don't too. know if I don't. I hope he's okay with me saying this. He has already let me know that this will probably be his last year. He's got uh, he's got grandkids uh, running all over the place with their activities, and he's finding it harder and harder to tear mm-hmm. himself away from that. And I understand that. So, but he's going to do five games with me this, and then of course, as long as you're in the playoffs. And uh, so, yeah, I was trying to think today. I, I think he and I have been together for it's got to be right at thirty years. Uh, and, uh, so, and, and there's none better at doing color. And, right. uh, he is, he's phenomenal. And I'm going to miss him when he's gone, but, uh, we're going to enjoy the, at least he and I together for this last season. So why there's people outside, like relatives of mine, or even people that, that don't coach anymore, that coach mm-hmm. against me, that'll, that'll put a game on once in a while. And they're like, man, those two guys you got are really good. And so, uh, they, yeah, you've been a good combination for a long time. And, We'll count out the little pressure on Dan and Josh to step up and, and, and be everything you want them to be those weeks. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a privilege to have him. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. We'll see you on Friday night. All right. Thanks, Mike. Tiger football coach Wes Bates. When we come back, I'll be talking with athletic director David Hawks about the upcoming fall sports seasons. We'll do that after this time out on Tiger Talk. Hi. It's myinnovatormode.com again, reminding you we are Nevada's community bulletin board. We post current and upcoming community events, government phone numbers from city to federal, a business directory, a parks and rec page, and school activities. Speaking of school, MyInnovatorMode.com would like to congratulate our students and our sports teams. Our Tigers demonstrate the spirit, sportsmanship, and values that make this country great and make Nevada a great place to live. You make us proud on the field and in the classroom. MyInnovatorMode.com is rooting for you. The Plumbing Shop in Nevada would like to announce that they are your Navian Hot Water Dealer. Navian Systems offer more output for the money, lower installation costs, and lower operating costs for the homeowner. The Plumbing Shop also specializes in mostly commercial and new home builds. For a new Navian system in your commercial property or residential home, contact the Plumbing Shop at 417-667-1319. Keeping you out of hot water by keeping you in hot water. When it comes to raising cattle, the path to profit is paved with great nutrition. And great nutrition is what you get when you choose Purina. Come to 54 Feed and Seed and ask what we can do to boost your bottom line by improving your herd's health. Start with our number one selling product, Avela 4 Tubs. Nothing compares to the unique formulation of chelated minerals all wrapped up in a bright red tub. Look for the checkerboard at 54 Feed and Seed west of Nevada on Highway 54. Here are some reasons why it's a good thing to come eat at Emery's Truck Stop in Deerfield. You deserve a break. You work hard. 
You've had a long day and you deserve a break. Why make more work for yourself by dirtying up that kitchen with a dinner mess? Reason number two, satisfy your cravings. The food in your home will still be there tomorrow. Go forth this evening and have your hunger satisfied. Emery's Truck Stop with Steak Night every Friday and Saturday night. Emery's Truck Stop in Deerfield. Gas is always available 24 hours a day at Pay at the Pump. And welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight here on Double K Country. Again, our first Tiger Talk of the uh, fall sports season. As it seemed like just a few weeks ago, we ended things on the winter sports season. And now we're right back at it with the first football game coming up on Friday night. We've got softball this weekend. They've got a two-day tournament. Uh, also, volleyball, of course, starting next week. Golf starting next week. Got girls tennis on the horizon as well. And I tell you all that because to kind of help uh, put a bow on all that is the new athletic director at Nevada High School. Of course, you know him well. If you follow Nevada Athletics, uh, now the former head wrestling coach, but now he's taking on the administrative role, and that being at David Hawks. David, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you joining us today. Absolutely, Mike. Thank you for um, having me in today. Well, as far as uh, this uh, this new role you've taken on, obviously, first of all, obviously, it came under certainly trying circumstances, not that that may not have been in your path anyway, but uh, uh, if it was, I'm sure it came sooner than, than what you expected, obviously, with uh, the situation with uh, John McNeely this past spring, and, and uh, you know, that always, uh, you know, that's not the way i'm sure you wanted this to happen but uh it was uh i'm sure it was a tough time yes absolutely this um you know the spring was was very difficult for all of us really um you know i had such a good relationship with with coach that um you know it, it hit me really hard i think you know it, it the opportunity came, came available and you know talking with my wife and, and um praying and, and thinking about it um you know we kind of thought this was the right right path and something that i really wanted to pursue obviously it's uh it's and we'll get to what you're doing now but obviously big shoes to fill yeah, you know, I I am uh, reminded of that yeah. on a daily basis, and, and I'm well aware of that, um, and j- just continuing to to do everything that I can do um, to to try to fill those shoes. Was this something that you uh, until obviously a, a, the position became available uh, under trying circumstances? But this was was this something you were looking at? And you thought your future down the road? Um, yeah, you know, it was always something that I I. Um, thought would would be interesting to me something that i would really enjoy you know being able to work very closely with coach um for the past five or six years um you know i i kind of knew that it was something that he loved and thought maybe um you know i i could i could maybe do the same role at some point um you know and, and really enjoy enjoy the job the uh now uh, one thing you had to or you didn't have to do but you did do is uh you gave up your your role as head wrestling coach how difficult was that yeah it, it was definitely a big decision um you know, especially now that I'm getting into into the position, I, I realize how difficult that would really be to be able to to handle both things. Um, so, you know, I, I will certainly miss it. Um, you know, I talk talk to the wrestlers. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still I'm still right in high school. I'll still be at at every competition that I can get to. Um, you know, I'm excited for Coach Drury uh, to take over, and um, you know, I think he'll do great things with the kids and the program. We'll talk more about that in the winter. But uh, since it's brought up, uh, what does uh, what does uh, Coach Ray bring to the program? You think? Um, you know, young and, and very energetic. Um, you know, obviously he, he's very knowledgeable uh, in um, sport of wrestling. Uh, but but even beyond that, you know, I think he, he builds positive relationships with um, with the kids, both the boys and the girls wrestling team. Team. Um, he's always looking to learn. That that's probably the the biggest compliment I can give him. 
is that um, you know no matter what the topic is, he, he's trying to truly learn about it. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited to watch him pass that along. I'm betting that you'll still make those trips to Columbia for the state championships, all right? <laughs> yeah, you can count on that. <laughs> all right, let's talk about what's going on uh, this fall. And before we do that, let's talk about uh, what you've been having, what you've been taking on is uh, certainly over the summer months. Uh, you officially took over uh, during the summer, but of course, I'm sure you were uh, obviously into the into the situation before that, uh, getting yourself acclimated. So, so what have you, I guess, what have you discovered uh, during this time uh, over the summer? Uh, any surprises, or what's been the most difficult part of the transition? Um, you know, I, I'd say everything is kind of a surprise. It seems like you know, you get get to working on something, and then you realize, oh, you know, that those things don't just happen. Somebody's working on that behind the scenes. So that's um, you know, been a, a lot of kind of what I've been doing. You know, finding schedule, setting, helping set up schedules, um, getting workers for all the events. Um, it seems like you know, every day something comes up, which I love. You know, it's not the same thing every single day. The uh, you mentioned schedules. Uh, just in the month of or in the fall months, or so, I think I'm talking my head five, six. Because you got swimming as well uh, on the boys' side. So, uh, so how how uh, on the scheduling side, how many of those schedules do you handle yourself, or how many do the co- I know the coaches handle some of that. Yeah, you know the, our coaches done, have done a great job, especially with with um, last spring. You know they they were aware of the situation, so they did a really good job at communicating with some of their opponents, um, getting them set up uh, for this year. So so you know they I give all the credit to our all of our coaches for for helping get those schedules set up. As uh, you get ready now to get things cranked up for the fall sports season, I'm sure it's been very busy, uh, especially with a with a home football game for a week one uh, coming up on Friday night. I know maybe you'd rather they've been on the road for week one <laughs> to, to kind of ease your way into it, go on the road first, and then uh, come back and see uh, get ready for week two. But uh, how's it been in getting ready for these openers, especially with football on Friday night? It's been great. You know, it's definitely been busy, no doubt about that. But, you know, Coach Beachler administration at the high school the administration administration at central office have done everything to be supportive and helpful um you know giving me reminders of things that i need to be doing so um you know i i'd say it's it's easier with with the help that we have at the high school and in the district. Well, how active are you with the uh, the false coaches? I mean, do you, do you have meetings with them uh, on a fairly routine basis? Uh, uh, do you check in on their practices? What's that? What's that routine like? At the beginning of the school year, so last week we had an all all sports coaches meeting that that, um, that we had, and then yeah, throughout the year I'll check in with the coaches, see if there's anything that that I can do, how I can help them. Um, you know, they they know that anything that I can do to help them, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best and give them give them any support that I can. And I assume that you're also there for support in case an issue comes up. Uh, we all know that an occasional a parent issue might come up or whatever. So you have to you have to fill in that role as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that was one thing I, I was. You know, tried to really stress to our coaches is I'm there to support them um, and to support the students. So um, you know, why I kind of let them know whatever they need, I'll I'll do anything I can to have their back, so to speak. Well, certainly uh, we we came through a, a season a year ago of uh, of uh, COVID uh, and the pandemic. I know when uh, school was out in May, we probably all thought that we wouldn't be having to deal with that uh, this fall. Unfortunately, we still are. Uh, so, what are some of the things? Although we haven't seen a lot of the restrictions right now we did obviously last fall what are some of the things that uh, you do have to remind your teams and those attending uh, uh, contests what do you have to remind them of 
Yeah, we, so we're going to just do kind of reminders, you know, or in, encourage um, fans to try to social distance if they can. Um, have our coaches at practices try not to have our, our athletes stand around together. You know, it's one thing whenever they're they're in the middle of drills and there's not a lot we can do about that. But um, they're standing on the sidelines, try to get them spaced out, um, especially for the indoor sports, um, volleyball. So And, last, of course, last year there were, uh, at least until later in the school year, there were tennis restrictions uh, uh, at this point none of that though right now correct at this point all all restrictions have been lifted um, we are going to have admission fees at um, at the gate for for all of our or, or for football softball and volleyball all right, very good. And uh, um, I gonna say there are some sports that don't charge. I think uh, golf and tennis, golf, those are available free of charge, right? Golf and tennis and cross country, I think we've got mm-hmm. one for sure meet at the um, city golf course. Okay, and uh, but uh, you didn't offer the, the district did not offer uh, season passes year because there was no need to uh, mm-hmm. with free admission. So talk about that, and if people want to take advantage of uh, of a pass situation, what are the options? Yeah, so we offer both family and individual passes. Those can be picked up at the front office at the high school. Mrs. Um, Kim Buck and Miss Kendra Smith will will um, take care of that. All right. And do you have any idea? I'm putting you on the spot. Do you know the pricing on that? I believe the the family passes are $100 and the individual passes are 50 And the family pass probably takes care of uh, the immediate family and the household? Yes. Yeah. yeah, correct. All right. Uh, so uh, as uh, as you get ready to head into the fall, obviously heat's an issue right now. Uh, so what are some of the, so people know, what are some of the, the guidelines on, on the teams and the, and the, and the players or the participants as in regards to the heat yeah so our um he our, our athletic trainer kaylee Peary does a great job she kind of handles that um we have a wet bulb globe thermometer um that the, the district ordered and it it gives us a reading and, and then misha has guidelines for those readings on you know how long practices can be how frequent breaks need to be depending on the reading that we get from that um uh, thermometer. Mm-hmm. And it's probably uh, important to bring up. This kind of dives into another topic. To, it's always a good reminder uh, to remind those attending games. Uh, to, I'm sure that you want uh, them to remind them, remind themselves uh, to represent the district well. And and there and there are a lot of reasons for that. For those who don't know, there's a tremendous shortage of officials at this point, and <laughs> we have to have officials if we want to continue to have these fun events we go to. So, what would be your message to those attending contests to remind them that obviously? Th- you know, there are going to be missed calls. There's just no doubt. It just happens. We're all human. But what would be your message to those attending games in regards to making sure that, you know, all these districts can, can continue to hire officials so, so we can move forward? Yeah, that, that's a great point, Mike. You know, they we had meetings last week at, at the MISHA office, and they talk about we can cannot find officials you know these a lot of the young guys coming in they get scared off because it is tough they they have a lot of scrutiny um that these officials go through so um you know i i kind of talk to our coaches and our athletes also and the same would go for the fans we we just have to work good sportsmanship you know these officials are not out there to get one team or the other they're out there to help um just like our coaches are out there to help kids that they want to see kids have success um and keep in mind yeah there's there's probably going to be a missed call here and there um 
but you know we, we just need I think we need to as fans um, and spectators just understand that and, and respect that the officials are doing the best they can um, you know and, and sometimes we might disagree but um, you know that they're going to call the plays and the games the way that they see them yeah I've been doing this uh, not officially I've been doing broadcasting obviously of games uh, around the surf for a long time and I've, and I've seen a lot of the same officials over the years who are are not getting up there in age like me and uh, <laughs> we got to have that new blood uh, the, to come in and replace them and uh, uh, just not, it's just not going to happen if uh, people don't behave themselves mm-hmm. so uh, uh, we, I have to remind myself of that on broadcast and uh, please remind yourself of that on social media and uh, unfortunately, that's also a dagger that that hurts as well. So, uh, so uh, just be mindful of that when you when you're at that uh, at that game or that contest and and going forward. But uh, anything else that we uh, that I should bring up, or you should bring up, or you want to bring up, I should say, on an administrative side, make sure your people are aware of. Um, you know, not, nothing that I can think of. I think that kind of covers it. I, I just want to thank you for, for all the coverage you give our coaches and our students. Absolutely. Well, it's always, believe me, it's my pleasure. I love it. It's a, it's a labor of love and, uh, look forward to working with you as time goes on. Uh, one thing I did forget to mention, uh, participation levels. Are, are we good in everything right now? Yeah. You know, I think all our numbers are, are pretty good across the board. Um, you know, even at the middle school level, I know our, our football program has been kind of off the charts the last few years with, with the amount of participants that they have in volleyball at the middle school is, um, you know, their their numbers are really great. So that's it's good to see for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when we think of the younger generation just wanting to play video games mm-hmm. all the time. That's not that's probably not exactly accurate. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely not. And how you know, and how much is mentioned, if at all, about, uh, you know, not becoming a one sport uh, athlete how much do i know it's a big message from misha how about from the debate r5 school district is that something that uh, that is talked about amongst the, the school population about uh you know obviously it's going there are going there are going to be those athletes who are you know target one at one sport no way around it uh you had it in wrestling uh but uh, is that message kind of delivered out to students that you know try to you know take part as much as you can yeah i think our, our coaches do a great job at, at encouraging kids to to stay involved with you know the next the next Next season, um, try try another sport out. Uh, a few years ago, Miles Miller with the with the All Sports Booster Club um, initiated a club. It's called the Iron Tiger Club, so that's for athletes that have participated in, in at least three sports and, and lettered in two of them throughout the year. Um, they get a patch for their letter jacket, so that's something to try to encourage those kids to be multi sport athletes. All right, that's a great message to send out. I uh, always love the participation, and uh, uh, good to see and appreciate your time and uh good luck going forward i know you, you've done well great you've done great so far uh, from, we're just getting things underway but uh, you think you'll take a big sigh of relief once uh, week one of the high school football season is behind you yes i think we get get through friday and, and then we'll move on to the next all right so. very, well very good look forward to seeing you out there on the road and uh appreciate the time and uh, we'll talk to you again soon thanks mike appreciate it that's Nevada high school and middle school i always forget that Nevada high school and middle school athletic director david hawks joining us on the program here tonight we'll come back and i'll put a wrap one on or put a wrap on our first the Beta Tiger Talk program of the season after this timeout on Double K Country. Where you get your deal, Nevada Automall. Where you get your deal on a new or pre-owned car. Over 15 years serving you in our community. You're more than a customer, your family. Where you get your deal, Nevada Automall. We get your deal.
with a whisper quiet engine and loaded with standard accessories, the Arctic Cat Prowler Pro Ranch Edition takes your riding experience to the next level. Visit your authorized Arctic Cat Sales and Service Center, El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, where they are more than happy to ship parts. El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, located at 3270 South Highway 32 in El Dorado Springs, Missouri. Call 877-390-5148. Visit them online at eldoradocycle.com. Fairy Funeral Home is proud to have served the Nevada and surrounding areas since 1925 and continues to be locally owned and family run. Fairy Funeral Home is also a proud supporter of the area's youth and Nevada high school athletics. When times are hard and you need a kind hand with a familiar face, count on Fairy Funeral Home for the sincerity your family deserves. Fairy Funeral Home, three generations finding a better way to help. 301 South Washington in Nevada. Find them fast in names and numbers. Twice a year is a minimum. You owe it to yourself. A checkup with Dr. Travis Jackson at Nevada Family Dentistry. New patients are always accepted. Call today for an appointment at 667-3006. Nevada Family Dentistry offers you the highest level of dental care available in a warm, comfortable environment with services for all ages. They are now your local source for dental implants. Open Tuesday, 8.30 to noon and 1 to 5. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8.30 to 1 and 2 to 5. Nevada Family Dentistry, 667-3006 at 402 East Walnut in Nevada. Time to wrap it up for our first uh, Nevada Tiger Talk program. A little bit long. Uh, sorry about that, but uh, they always have a great conversation uh, with Nevada Tiger football coach Wes Beachler. We were talking all the air. He and I can talk forever. We just have such a good rapport, and uh, and we uh, are able to talk easily with each other, and uh, so we, t- we tend to go a little bit long in our segments, but that's okay. I hope you enjoy all the information, as uh, we enjoy bringing it to you every Wednesday night. Don't forget uh, Nevada Tiger football, of course, coming up on Friday. Nevada Tigers will be home against Logan Rogersville. I'll be there with the play-by-play Bill Foster alongside. You can catch the coverage on AM 1240 KNEM 99.9 FM along with KNEM KNMO.com and on NevadaMoTV.com as well. If you can't be there in person, you can see the game on our live video stream at NevadaMoTV.com as well. Pre-game will start at 6.20, kickoff at 7 o'clock from Logan Field. Lots going on at the uh, stadium on Friday. There is a pre-game meal from the Nevada Tiger Wrestlers. If you want to uh, get a pre-game meal from them, you can do that at the uh, north entrance at Logan Field. There will be some pregame ceremonies you want to go out and uh, enjoy as well and take part in, and then hopefully a very good football game on Friday. Of course, not the only sport getting things underway over the next week at Nevada High School. The Nevada Lady Tigers softball team will be playing in the Morrisville Tournament coming up on Friday and Saturday. That's a very large tournament, 16 teams in that tournament, and uh, they'll be playing in that on Friday and Saturday. They have their home opener. Next Tuesday against Cassville in their Big A Conference opener. They'll go to Webb City next Monday. Our first broadcast will be next Tuesday for that home date at Bushwhacker Field against the Cassville Lady Wildcats for their uh, Big 8 and home opener. Also, uh, the Nevada Lady Tiger volleyball team actually gets things underway a week from tomorrow night. They'll be at Mount Vernon to get their season underway against the Lady Mountaineers. Also, Nevada Lady Tiger golf coming up. You have Nevada Lady Tiger tennis as well. I apologize. I don't have their schedules right here in front of me, but uh, they'll have their season is coming up as well starting early next week and of course we'll have it all covered for you and let you know what's going to happen during the day on our sportscast on KNEM and KNMO. Thanks for joining us. I should mention as well on Friday nights we also have Liberal Bulldog football again this season. That'll be on 97.5 FM KNMO as well as KNEM, KNMO.com. Derek Campbell will be the primary voice for that. Uh, my son Connor Harbin is actually going to work with him on Friday night at uh, Liberal as they take on the Archie Whirlwind but then he'll have other duties uh, for his job over in 
Kansas starting in uh, starting next week. Kansas, of course, starting uh, their high school season next week on Friday, September the 3rd. That's going to do it for today. I hope you'll be right back here with us again next Wednesday night. Again, next Wednesday's program will be on AM 1240 KNEM and 99.9 FM along with the AM audio stream at KNEMKNMO.com as well as St. Louis Cardinal Baseball next Wednesday night on 97.5 FM KNMO. So make sure you join us uh, on AM 1240 KNEM or on 99.9 FM or at KNEMKNMO.com on the AM audio stream next Wednesday night for next week's Nevada Tiger Talk program. We'll go back and talk about the game against Logan Rogersville and preview the Week 2 opponent, the long road trip to Hollister to take on their Tigers. My thanks to Nevada Tiger football coach Wes Beecher, uh, Wes Beecher for joining us. Also, at Black Director David Hawks. And my thanks to you for joining us. I'm Mike Harbin. That's Tiger Talk on Double K Country. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Tiger Talk on Double K Country. Tiger Talk is brought to you each week by Buzz's Barbecue, Nevada Auto Mall, Emory's Truck Stop, Fairy Funeral Home, 54 Feet and Seed, Sutherland's Home Base, First National Bank, Eldorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, 54 Veterinary Clinic, Compass Health Network, Sharky's Pub and Grub, Nevada Family Dentistry, Forbes Appliances, The Plumbing Shop, MyNevadaMode.com, and Smith Insurance Agency. Join us next Wednesday night at 6.05 for Tiger Talk on your source for sports in southwest Missouri and southeast Kansas. AM 1240 KNEM and 97.5 FM KNMO in Nevada. Double K Country.